Santapog Media has relaunched and has a storage unit full of old stock. Starting today, there will be a sale for all items at santapog.storeenvy.com until January 1st, including select cassettes starting at a dollar. Releases from Fist Benders, The Summer We Went West, Blue Youth, Shivala, Shadow People, Big Hand Big Knife, and many more. Free stickers included with every order. Help us gear up for 2024. Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn, and we've got a great show lined up for you today. Before we get started, though, I'd like to remind you that we have a Patreon page where you can get music sneak peeks, zines, and much more. Patreon.com slash human machine. And now on to the show. You're hearing Heliophobic by Llewellyn, featuring my pal, Tyler Mance, on bass. I've known Tyler for a really long time, so it was great catching up with him. I grew up in like southeastern Wisconsin, kind of about an hour northwest of of Milwaukee. I didn't actually move to Milwaukee until around 2011 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and uh, both my parents were farmers, grew up with big farm families, um, and I was kind of raised with that same ethos. And I think the first thing that I'd remember is just like tapes in my parents' trucks. Um, generally like uh some garth brooks reba mcintyre uh faith hill that was like really what i was raised on um and you know i know we all have differing opinions on the <laughs> the value of uh, of that genre per se but i think that holds it like a very nostalgic place in my heart um i actually got tripped up the other day because we were watching uh um, the Thursday night football game last week. And as soon as it ended, Amazon prime cut to some live stream of Garth Brooks, new club that he just opened. Um, and I had like, I swear I was having flashbacks to like sitting in the backseat of my dad's truck. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, I was going to say he's like, Gar- Garth is kind of a real one though. Right. Like d- didn't, didn't like he like clap back against like all those like, kind of gross like jason aldean and whatever that other yeah like, yeah he's never he really, like yeah. he's he's never really participated in any of that like you know pandering kind of garbage yeah um yeah. and he writes the man can write a fucking hook you know like yeah. I, i'm not gonna deny him that um i don't listen to a lot of pop music but i can you know 
recognize when somebody knows how to write to a pop sensibility to make it catchy. Um, and the songs are catchy. They, those are some earworms for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know like a lot of, uh, you know, like hooks from, uh, country songs of that like mm. era or whatever, but for, for sure, like everybody probably knows low places. Like everybody. Yeah, knows exactly. That, that hook, it's you know, it's just, Go to karaoke, go to karaoke tracks still like 30 years later. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, you know, like how do you go from that to like finding music that connected with you in the way that like made you want to take up playing music? Mm -hmm. Like, was it? Was it country where you were just like, I'd like to play guitar, I'd like to play bass, or did did it did your interests change in that, like stoked your, you know, fire? Yeah, for- it w- that didn't that didn't necessarily push me towards any sort of like actually participating in music in any way, shape, or form. Um, that really didn't happen for me. I didn't I didn't actually play bass or guitar until twenty. 11 maybe oh, like really? honestly when moded when moded started that was the first time i ever picked up a bass okay um now i think the gradual transition into more of like alternative and then you know heavier and more diy kind of music probably happened towards late like late high school for me you know i went through the lots of people from my generation you know went through a very similar kind of transition and i'd say you know like middle school early high school you we hit like metalcore the metalcore revival the kind of corny metalcore was hitting its stride um and i think a lot of us you know i know i've talked to like sam from snag about this um like the earlier fear before the march of flame stuff um when i started hearing that in like early high school i think that's what kind of shifted everything that was when i realized there was a scene there that i was like actually interested in being a part of um so obviously the country scene i I grew up around it but i and once i had some independent thought (laughs) beyond being a child um you know i kind of realized that's not a sustainable thing for me to surround myself with you know yeah yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I I reckon there's a there's a there's plenty of scenarios where that uh, that that culture does like have um, a presence that is that is engaging to folks like uh, on on a similar level that we are used to in DIY or whatever. But I've never known anyone that's come from that. You know, mm-hmm. like. That's just me personally. Like I imagine out there there is there's like that's probably how the people like I'm not talking to someone who plays country right now, but that's probably how mm. they are like it's the same thing, but they went to like a DIY country show, you know, or like whatever. Yeah, or like some like. small something yeah. at a dive bar or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um so it's just like yeah, there's a fork in the road, you know, and some of us go one way. And uh, like most of my family, a few of them live in Nashville now. Um, and, you know, 
them being raised in the same environment I was, they really latched onto that ethos and that genre. Um, and they took that fork in the road, you know, and I can't yeah. really, I'm not going to like fault them one way or another um, yeah, yeah. on their music choices, but, um, yeah, it's just that's, how, it, it's how it goes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I will, I will fault people if they like that, you know, like trash that like fucking equates like what's wrong with the country no it's just like with, fear like, mongering yeah, yeah yeah i mean i'll fault well, you I'm, i'll fault you if you like the small town song i'll fault you if you like that yeah no that's we can draw song. a line there yeah yeah exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> we're, we're we're just saying like you know uh but yeah so so it's like you just started like sort of gravitating to that and and then so you're you're getting involved like with your own tastes in music and then mm -hmm. like you don't start actually playing music until you pretty much know like what the DIY scene is and how it, it ha what it has to offer, et cetera. But like, yeah. So what, how, how did you end up going from where you grew up to Milwaukee specifically? Was that like mm -hmm. a school thing? Um, it not really. So it is kind of a weird story. I, I graduated in 2010 and I moved out to La Crosse, which is on the western uh, border of Wisconsin, right along the Mississippi. Um, I was going to the University of La Crosse out there. Um, fucking hated it. Um, there's nothing to do in that town, really, besides drink. Um, and I was just bored out of my mind. There's not, There wasn't really much arts or culture or anything. Um, so I ended up moving back in with my parents in, like, 2010. Um, I was 18 still. Um, lived with them for a few months and I had had friends in high school who played, you know, acoustic covers, some wrote their own stuff, friends in like <laughs> kind of corny metalcore bands and stuff. Um, and every once in a while I would, would do little, uh, like fundraiser shows in my mom's garage. She was gracious, gracious enough to let us just fill people up in the garage, a buddy would bring a PA out and whoever from my high school that wanted to play could just come play. Um, and we'd donate the money to, you know, I don't even remember where at this point. Um, one of the times a friend of a friend asked, uh, if their band could play, I think they were called transit morning. It was kind of, it was like brand new ripoff band basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and Josh Rarden, actually had briefly been in that band um this is back in 2010 um so you know i think you'd know josh from alta yeah yeah um so he he went his separate ways him and the guys in that band didn't really get along so he quit or was pushed out um little did they know he had joined alta and the members of that band were like, oh, our other friends in this band, Ulta, can they come out and play? And I was like, if they want to drive from fucking New Berlin, Wisconsin, out to Richfield, the middle of nowhere, and play in a garage, that's fine. I'm down. And I listened to their EP, and it was super cool. It was really unlike most of the shit I had listened to at that time. Um, so then they played at that house show. Um, the guys in the other band didn't know that Josh had joined Ulta. 
So it was like super awkward um, <laughs> story that we still tell because he starts loading all of his gear in and they're like, what the fuck are you doing, Josh? And he's like, you're oh, not in the band. Just, yeah, no, I'm just, he, it got super weird and I couldn't understand why everybody's being so fucking awkward. Um, <laughs> uh, but that was Josh's first show with Alta. Um, got along with all of them really well. And then my partner at the time, um, who's my wife now, um, she wanted to go to school in Milwaukee all the guys from Alta were moving to Milwaukee right around that same time. Um, that's when I kind of realized, like, I just needed to move to the city. Um, that w- a city that wasn't lacrosse or, you know, had more arts and music and stuff that I could be involved in. Um, and within a year, I was living with all of them. At um, you have may you may have been there once or twice. The Michael Jordan Scram Dunk Arena it was a we housed for a few years that we ran. Um, yeah, I don't – The, I think that like – I don't – I think I think the – I might be wrong. We might have played there. There was this one day where we played in Milwaukee at one place and then we mm-hmm. saw like part of a show and that was actually Moded playing in a kitchen. That was the first Moded show. Yeah. Okay. So, like, which one of those shows were at which place? Like, (laughs) the first one, the kitchen. So that was our kitchen. That was the Michael Jordan. Yeah, that was the house. Okay, because that's not uh, where we played. We played somewhere else. Yeah. And then. Yeah, I think y'all played at Scheme City. That that tracks. Late. I I mean, I know we played that place called Scheme City. Because that was with like Fox Mulder. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah, that was a wild. That was the first show that I ever played. That was the first show you uh, ever played. That was that a fucking was wild show. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> like, and I have to give props to like, like I said, I didn't play. You know, I played in like my middle school and high school band briefly. Um, you know, some new like basic music. I wouldn't even call it theory, but just you know, I had played baritone and trombone before. That mm-hmm. was about it. Um, when you knew that like different spots made different notes that's about yeah that's about the extent of it um and i knew when it sounded bad yeah yeah um um, when casey and val um moved to milwaukee from salt lake city so they're when i was living at scram dunk arena they toured through they were in treehouse and um knowing we'll never grow up two really cool screamo bands from salt lake um those two ended up moving to Milwaukee, wanted to start a new band here. They recruited Brian Franklin to do vocals and they needed a bass player. And they just asked me and pretty much how it went down was I, I said, I don't play bass. And they were like, that's fine. Just come hang out. Uh, I've been there. Val, Val and Casey um, are both incredible musicians. Yeah, um, still awesome. doing a, real, a lot of really awesome music stuff. Um, and they kind of just coached me through it, helped me write stuff, helped me understand like, you know, um, roots and chords and fifths. And like, they, that's really the only reason I know anything that I know now, um, yeah. is all because of them. So I'm just always, gonna, always want to give them a shout out for sure. Absolutely. And I'm just going to like second that like notion that like, that there. That that is such a solid move, like I found from experience, of just like, just if somebody has the desire, and you 
and you're like, this is a solid person, like that is worth your time, like to, to, to help that person learn, mm-hmm. like whatever it is they're trying to learn to be yeah, in it's... your project or just in somebody else's project, like whatever, because like, there's so many people that like, it's like, they're, they're really good, but they don't like, they, they'll like, everybody's been in bands with that person. That's like really good, but they don't have the drive. They'll just do it for like, as long as it like suits them, you know? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. like that other thing is just like, I just find it more rare and more invigorating. It's just like somebody who's just like, fuck. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm ready. I'm like, uh, like, I, I don't know. Maybe I won't be any good, but it's like, I'm ready to give it a shot. Like that's, I don't know. That's like, that's yeah, worth. And I mean, we went into it thinking like, I was honest with them. I was like, I don't know how to write bass. I don't barely know. I've barely ever picked one up before. Um, but it, it wasn't really even about necessarily the music for me. I mean, I was at this time I was getting really into like the screamo and DIY scene and had been booking shows and stuff for years. So I did like that style of music that they wanted to play, but even if it would have been something else, I still would have said yes. Um, cause it was more about just like, we could spend our time together with people that I was already close with. We hang out, play shows, travel around like what, you know, I can't imagine a better group of people to do it with than people you're already close with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you I know, mean, you kind of like, like you kind of ended up where you ended up because of those people, and yeah, so exactly. to be like further invited into this like lifestyle and into each other's lives and you know stuff like that. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like I, I just always was just. It's just like yeah, I don't know. Like I'll rather, I'll rather somebody just have that desire and like it's somebody you can trust and somebody you care about and you're gonna have a a good time making music with you know and just like worry about the other stuff later you know but yeah for sure yeah and i've I've seen that a lot like through especially when i was booking a lot more um around milwaukee you know you get messages from generally it was like younger kids had never like had they were just forming their first band and like They've never had the opportunity to play a show. They, you know, no like big venue or whatever is going to book them. They have no recordings. Um, but then being able to throw them as like an opener on a show and giving people opportunity to like just play the music that they've created, even if it, I mean, even if it's not good, some people would say that music's not good. Um, but having that opportunity, like in and of itself, to just be part of something like that, I think makes a huge difference for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, just like as a growing, like an experience, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me ask you something. Did you ever have a yeah. band uh, come through on one of your shows where um, you it was young it was younger people or 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 just people at the beginning of sort of like their playing or whatever, where you're like, this isn't really great, but you recognize something in them and you're like, this is, these are going to be like some people to keep an eye on. Did that ever happen for you? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I can 
off the top of my head come up with yeah. like a a good example but you know like especially after i started playing in bands it changes the way that you kind of that you watch other bands you know mm-hmm. um, a little bit you yeah. can be it becomes a little bit more um it's like a, a little like analytical like a little more like I would pick up on yeah pick yeah. up on things and you see bands like you notice that they're like totally fucking up some song um, but it's fine you know everybody's just there having a good time mm-hmm. um, I think like most of the time it wasn't like I said earlier it wasn't really too much about the music for me um, if I could tell that they were good people and like were a valuable members of the community that we're a part of. Those are the people to hype up, you know, yeah. and sometimes, sometimes they're incredible musicians and they're great songwriters as well. But those two don't have to like, they're not mutually exclusive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love, I love it when it's like, when, when you get to be sort of like, like on the ground floor where you're like, Oh, this isn't there yet, but, when this gets there, like whether it's this group or whether it's the next group that these people form together or whatever, you know, it's like, I love, I love watching those like evolutions and stuff and, and seeing, mm-hmm. like, you know, what happens and, and, uh, you know, that's one of the, I mean, I don't know, like someone asked me, someone asked me one time in like sort of a AMA type situation, like, <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um, like what, um, like, how is it like when, you know, you, you, when you've been in, in the game as long as I have, and you've seen all the drama, like, how do you keep the, the other part? Like, how do you keep the like fire? How do you like stay Mm -hmm. stoked about it all the time? You know? And, and, um, I don't know. It's honestly, it's stuff like that. It's just like, I love, like, I love how, like you know you can you witness like the the evolution of like different um bands and and different people from different bands and see like where they go and the different things that you know that they're doing like i mean it's wild like you know we're talking about moded and um and as far as i know that that's the is that the last like did you have any other bands between Moted and now? Um, I did. So I played with a few groups in between. Um, when I s- still lived in Milwaukee, but before I moved to Texas. Okay. Uh, Llewellyn's the first group that I've played with in Texas. I mean, I jammed with some people, but we never it never went beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the groups that I played with um, in Milwaukee, one was Statchers. Um, oh, which okay. Is, Joe from uh, Living and Wrestling. That was basically, for the most part, it was his solo stuff. Just we made it like I was part of the full band when he played full band. Okay. Um, and then we also, I played in Alms, um, which was Cassidy, the drummer from Temple. Um, that kind of started as his solo stuff, but we fleshed it out in a full band as well. So those were very different experiences because, like, a lot of those songs were kind of already written. Um, some had even been recorded as a full band already, you know. And I'm kind of just—it was more so just playing the part so that we could play 
play the show live. Yeah. Uh, so a little bit of a different experience for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, Moted and Llewellyn are the only two bands that I've been in that, like, from the ground floor, um, writing from scratch, you know, from the very beginning that I was in. So here I was thinking that like you were you 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 know you were involved in moded and all that and then like it, may, maybe it was a situation where you like were like all right I got to get like serious about school and stuff like that because you're you're a nurse now correct correct and yeah. that definitely that played a big a big part in it um that and so my my partner and I, Courtney, um, moved to Texas in twenty late twenty sixteen. Um, oh, has it been that long? Yeah, it's. <laughs> tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's wild when you when you're like oh. I have to. Yeah. yeah, like oh, fucking seven years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. but we. Part of it was we had both just graduated college. Um, you know, twenty fourteen through sixteen, I did kind of buckle down on school um, and got you know, that took a lot of time away from like shows and stuff for me. Um, and we were just talking, we just needed to get out of Milwaukee and live somewhere else for a while. Um, that's what spurred the move to Texas. She just got a job offer down here and we were like, that's yeah, Texas sounds fine. Um, and that I ended up going back to school for a second degree as well after I moved down here. So that, that period, it didn't allow for a lot of time for me. Um, for playing and or touring and playing shows and stuff like that. So that's why that, that explains the resume gap, the punk resume gap. There. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I was punctually unemployed um, yeah. for s some years there. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I like it's, especially with, you know, I mean like since 20, 2020, you know, it's kind of like, 
a lot of people have sort of been like uh, had have had their uh musical ambitions pushed you know to the side for very good reasons and lots yeah. of a myriad of reasons you know um mm-hmm. but uh so like that all tracked but like i i don't know why it just it was like wow it was really 2016 um but it's yeah it's like it's wild when you're like yeah the first time i basically picked up a bass guitar it's like the day that we met <laughs> i mean not that uh, was but that was like your first show you know it yeah exactly but it was like right then <laughs> and i'm like well I'm sort of recounting like the whole history of my band at the same time that, you know, you're recounting sort of your whole musical history. And, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, that's wild that they're like the same length. Um, Mm. (laughs) Like my band is old at this point, but, Uh um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's cool. Um, like, so you're, you're down in Texas and you haven't mm. like really, you know, you haven't like music's not been your main thing. And, but you said you were like sort of like sort of jamming with some people trying to see if, uh, something, you know, um, could get going. But, um, like what, uh, how did Llewellyn start and what made this different from like all the other situations where just really couldn't get things going? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I did. I jammed with a handful of different groups, like between twenty, I'd say twenty eighteen and or seven seventeen and nineteen. Um, just got together people I met through service industry because I went back to working at a brewery again um, when I was in school, just because like the the schedule's more flexible, um, and I needed that flexibility because I was doing like clinical work in the hospital and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. I'd meet people through that. Um, we had some shows at the brewery and stuff, so I'd meet local musicians and stuff. Knew some folks out in Denton from touring as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just being in, I was in an accelerated nursing program. Um, I just, I didn't have the the commitment really to to keep pushing forward on those, you know, like we'd jam and then it would just all kind of fall apart and wouldn't do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, that and like just personal differences with some of the folks that I met, you know, you meet in like a public setting at a show or something. That's like, you assume that you're going to have a similar mindset, similar ethos. Cause you're at the same show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, then you jam with them in the safety of their home and it's like, Oh, you're not really that cool. You're not uh, about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you're, you were at that show for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, but then, so I finished school 2019, terrible time to become a nurse. Wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Uh, so I finally, you know, I finally done with school, get a job, hit the ground running. And I'm like, I'm going to have free time again. And then sure enough, 2020 happened immediately after that. Um, so I kind of went through the same thing too. You know, I wasn't going to shows. So it's how am I going to meet more musicians around here that are like-minded if there's no shows, I'm not doing anything. I'm just cooped up at the hospital all the time. Um, then in, this would have been late, like mid to late 22, I think is when I met most of the Llewellyn folks, um, which was completely by happenstance. Like I wasn't really looking for anything at this point. 
Um, there's a coffee shop down the street from my wife and I's house. We go in there all the time. Um, and one of the employees there is Cody, who is now the drummer of Llewellyn. Um, we'd always talk about music and shit every time I went in there, you know, depending which band shirts each of us were wearing that day. Um, and they mentioned that they had seen a, a Craigslist ad looking for somebody, some people to jam, uh, somebody that was new to town. Um, and it, it listed some stuff. Like, I think they wanted to do something kind of unwound esque, like noisy, you know, kind of angular rock stuff. Um, and Cody had met up with them and jammed and they had, they met a couple other people on Craigslist too. And he, or they asked me if I would come jam with them. And I was super hesitant because this sounded like a way to get like murdered. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Craigslist. You know, like I was like, people still make Craigslist ads. Right. Like, uh, I haven't looked at that. I haven't looked at Craigslist in years. Um, but I went for it and I went and jammed with them. Um, Cody, I played in a bunch of other bands in kind of the DFW area. And a couple of the people that had moved here and made those ads, one was Nick. He's from uh, like Bellingham, Seattle area. Um, had moved here, has family here and stuff, and just didn't really know anybody musician wise and just took a shot in the dark making that ad. Uh, Nick was in a few bands in that area. He played in Cascabel, uh, early, the home team, um, a bunch of other bands up there. Um, and one of the other people that answered that Craigslist ad was Aaron, Aaron Fotcher, who's from Jersey originally, but moved to Texas as well, has family here. Um, they were in forever losing sleep and a few other emo bands in like the Northeast area. So once I actually like actually met up with these people, and realize we know, like, we start talking about different bands we like, tours we've done, and stuff like that. We know a lot of the same people. So I'm like, okay, this is safe. I must have found the one Craigslist ad that <laughs> this, this would, like, actually work out for, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was kind of it. It just went from there. Um, they all met on Craigslist, and then I walked into a coffee shop one day, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I, yeah, I... Uh, I also did not know. I, hmm. I think, um, I think I looked through Craigslist ads in Lafayette in like 2012 to see if there were musicians. <laughs> and it was I, just like cover, cover bands. No, there was, there was like, there was a couple of people that I was like, oh, this, this seems cool. And like, they just did not respond. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I was just like, oh, like I usually play this kind of stuff. I can play any instrument. Like, it's like, let me, you know, let me know what you think. And like, um, I don't really, I don't know what other people are looking for, but like my history with, with um playing with people actually in this town is like if someone says that they can play any instrument i.e drums like you hit them up immediately um yeah cause because that's the only chance you get <laughs> yeah yeah because um no one plays drums like yeah and so i i don't know but i mean i don't know it's i feel like it's the same everywhere though yeah, drummers are drummers are a hot commodity. I wish I would have learned to play drums. 
yeah. when I was younger. Because um, I feel like every scene, drummers are a hot commodity. Yeah. I every mean, drummer it's... I know is in like five bands. Right? I'm, I don't... It's... I don't know. It's It's wild. Like, I don't really play drums that much anymore but like i mm. still i still love playing drums i i don't like no one would ever ask me to just like play drums on a recording you know i don't know like there's better people but like at the same time like i don't know um like i think that uh, i think that there's something to like somebody who plays guitar playing drums in a band because like there's stuff that they will do that doesn't get in the way of everything. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, a good drummer can certainly elevate like a, a song, but like, um, somebody who's like really good, but doesn't like care about the song, like can be a, a, a problem. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if they're, you can be technically great, but in, but situationally terrible for the song. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you're trying to do too much. Yeah. Um, there's, <laughs> there's definitely like, I'm going on tour and there, there's definitely like so many instances I can think of where I'm like, Oh, and then as soon as you see like the drummer pulling out the whole like, um, rack, you know, the whole like rack <laughs> yeah, setup exactly. kit. And, and there's you're like, like 12 different symbols. You're like, holy shit, yeah. this is going to be bad. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. We like, we really digressed, but um, yeah. that, that's on me. I just started <laughs> talking about random shit. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Like you said that the, um, the ad mentioned unwound and I wouldn't have made that connection, but I, but it definitely makes sense to me now that you said it. But like, I was like, you know, I I wasn't familiar like Forever Losing Sleep. I definitely know that name, and I probably have heard them, but I just can't, you know, I place that, it. I never saw them. I don't think I ever saw them live, um, but they were kind of more. They were like post Rocky, mm-hmm. um, like kind of in the scene with like Au Revoir and those that other like. There was kind of like that New Jersey post rock conglomerate for a while there yeah yeah uh, like um alex lee's alex yeah, lee's yeah. other band and like uh, aaron knows I, gosh i can't uh, remember the name film and color yeah film and color yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah i just keep thinking uh, of burial dance because that's the screamo band but yeah film yeah, and yeah yeah um which yeah alex lee is one of the people that aaron and i like once we got to talking we were like oh we both know alex we both yeah. know eric um from au revoir stuff yeah. like that so that's when i realized i was like okay these these folks are all right you know yeah. like we've run in the same circle yeah i was just saying like i like so from the outside looking in i was like so tyler meets these other people in some like he meets these other people somewhere in texas and they come out with this band that sounds like a more like screamo modern version of like refused or something. And how does this happen? Was like, my... we started writing. Yeah. So that wasn't the original plan at all. All the original riffs that Nick kind of had at the beginning, um, 
that we started trying to flesh out were much more like Rocky. Um, and one of the other guys, so he's on, he's no longer in the band, unfortunately, but Josh Gomez, um, is on that recording, okay. um, and wrote all these, these five songs on the EP with us. Um, now Josh, he's a little bit younger, but he comes, he's like a big metalcore head, Fall of Troy, Mars Volta. And I think him joining kind of pushed us in more of like a, a heavier direction. Um, having him as the second guitarist. Um, I think it pushed us a little bit more away from like the more traditional rock riffs um, and towards like more screamo-ish kind of stuff. Um, now, because now we're writing new stuff now, we were practicing some new songs last night and it's, it is without Josh. Um, it, now we're definitely leaning more in like a unwound. I don't even know where we're going at this point. Um, so the person there really that... wasn't like a vision, um, per se, like we're not trying to do, we're not trying to stick to any specific genre or anything in particular. It's just, we just write stuff. And if it sounds cool, we just keep playing it. Sure. Sure. So the person that came in and, and, and sort of influenced the sound in that heavier direction is no longer in the band either. Correct. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it was just like, now you're back to like, like four piece and yes. just kind of yep. seeing what happens there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we still play those songs. Um, we just had to kind of rewrite a little bit. They don't count sound quite as full, you know, but, um, after a few practices, we kind of figured out ways to fill out the sound and get the, the tone and shit that we need to make yeah. those songs work still without the second guitar. Kind of um, got to sort of amalgamize some of the guitars to like, Oh, well we, we need that little lick right there. Like I'll just yeah. work it into the main part or, you know, however you do that. Like, yeah, and I'm I'm trying to play like a lot more chords and stuff to fill out the low end so Nick can do leads on certain parts yeah. so it doesn't sound like super empty, you know. Um but which was a kind of a fun experience to re- almost kind of rewrite the songs in my head, um, the way that I play them after playing them the same way for so long. Mm-hmm. Um I think it was a good uh, a good learning experience for me. Um, Did you but find now, it y- challenging or was it just like Look Absolutely. at all this opportunity. Yeah. No, it was super chill because I f- still fucking suck. I don't know <laughs> anything. <laughs> I don't know. Um, even when Cody asked me, like, do you want to come jam with us? You play bass, right? And I was like, you could say that. You could um, say that. That's something that people <laughs> have said before. Um, so, um, but yeah, definitely, I take it as a, it was like a good challenge, you know, like playing with a different group of people and now the John, now we're playing like, I'd say we're definitely going more in like a noise rock direction now as a four piece, um, as opposed to the more like metallic sound that this first EP has. Um, but we'll see, you know, I mean, we just started writing new songs, so we'll see how it all kind of fleshes out. Yeah. Uh, Like I said, there's not really a vision. It's just, I'm just happy to be playing. And if it sounds completely different, the next set of songs that we write, then that's, I mean, it's fine by me. Yeah. I mean, it could also be like, it's like when you're that close to it, you think it's so different. And then like time. It may not actually or, be that different. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I have that all the time where I'm like, like, I'm like, 
oh, like, this is, this is good. Like, I just, like, I just did this thing, like, like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to give, give, give everything away, but like, I just did this thing mm-hmm. and I was like, so I wrote this album and I was like, I want it to sound different than whatever. And, um, I demoed it and I put the guitars on and I was like, mm, too different. And mm-hmm. I was like, let's bring it closer. Let's just bring it closer to home, you know? And, um, and then I go and I'm like, oh, like that's better. It's still different, but it's whatever. And then like, Mm. just literally within like a week and I'm like, okay, I just made it like, it's not different. (laughs) It's like, not, not in a, like the songs sound exactly the same, but it's like the, like, I thought I was like, I thought it was going to be one of those things where people are like, this is not what I expected, but it's just like yeah, they've changed. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, just gonna yeah. be like, it's just gonna be like, oh, this is this record's a little bit different. It's not gonna be like night and day or whatever. And and I I think I always kind of do that where it's just like I whether it's like the difference between this one of my projects or this one of my projects, and I'm always like this project is so much different than this project and nobody has ever like, wow, Plague Walker is so much different than Coma Regalia. Like nobody uh-huh. ever says that. It's like, even yeah, though. But when you're, but when you're there in it. Yeah. I and mean, you're happy, right? Like you're listening to the songs over and over and over and, you know, you've played them hundreds of times. Yeah. The smallest nuances seem huge. Yeah. You know, and I mean, nobody's, but from nobody's the outside saying, looking in, nobody's going to know like yeah, it's like nobody's going to say that, like, nobody's going to say that, that they sound the same, but nobody is like, wow, I can't believe Edie is playing in this kind of band now, you know? which is what I want. I yeah. want it to be like, <laughs> I want it to be like, wow, that didn't, I didn't expect that, you know, but uh-huh. I never get there because I just have a, I'm one of those kids, like, when I'm making a peanut butter sandwich and then I'm done with the sandwich and there's peanut butter everywhere. That's me. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, I make, I make one band and then I make the next sandwich and it's got peanut butter all over it too. It's like, I can't, yeah. you know, it's like, nope, this is no, everything's infected yeah. by the style. They yeah. definitely <laughs> like this sandwich was definitely made <clears throat> by Edie. Uh, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's, it's, um, I don't know. I think it's fun to like, just, Definitely to just be like, yeah, I don't really care if this sounds like, you know, whatever, and just go for yeah. it. And, and we had, yeah, we had that conversation a few times, like <laughs> some of the earlier um, kind of writing sessions and stuff. But it literally came up. We were like, does this fit? Like, should we just drop this song? Because it seems like it doesn't fit with the other songs. But we all kind of came to a point where we realized it doesn't really fucking matter if it fits or not. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> As we were recording this EP, there's, you know, I'd say the second and fourth songs, um, I think, are stylistically quite different than the first, th- third, and fifth, in my opinion. But yeah, I mean, then you listen all the way through, and it like I'm like, it's really not. Like, it, it flows as an album, so it doesn't really... Yeah. 
because there's an element of the production that is gonna yeah. like sort of neutralize that mm-hmm. like and and sort of like um it, it equalizes these these what what seem like b- bigger you know differences or like yeah uh and and then once the production element is involved then it's just like oh yeah like this all makes sense now yeah because well yeah it's able to like homogenize everything a little right right um and yeah i mean i guess speaking of production i do want to shout out the folks that worked on um the ep that we did just put out um just because it was an incredible experience and like this is the first like i don't want to say like real recording experience i've had but in like a full-fledged like studio um so we went out to there's a a buddy of ours who he recently moved to austin his name is marshall pruitt um played in a bunch of acts in dallas i know he's played in a few groups with folks members of uh, amygdala as well but i don't I don't remember the details off the top of my head. Um, incredible multi-instrumentalist, great producer, um, just overall great guy. Um, he's been a buddy of all of ours for a while. Um, and he's affiliated with a studio in Fort Worth called Nile city sound. Um, and he was able to block off a weekend for us there. Um, we went out there and did three days with him. Um, I think Aaron did some vocals at his house, a couple days later, um, just because we ran out of time. And then he mixed everything. And um, Brad Boltwright from Audio Siege did all the mastering. So I just wanted to shout them out because it was like working with both of them was super seamless. The, the stuff that Marshall added to the record um, from a production standpoint, I think, made the song sound incredible. Uh, he also played some slide guitar on the first track, which has a real cool kind of like eerie element. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, if you're in Texas and you're looking for somebody to record an engineer, you hit up Marshall Pruitt. I can get you his info. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I mean, um, it's definitely like, uh, you know, the, the production is, is uh, impeccable. It's, it's, it's really good. And um it almost felt wrong. Like when we got to the, <laughs> like when we got to the studio, I was like, we shouldn't be here. This we is not, be we here. don't belong here because <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful studio um, with a huge booth, like upstairs. There's like dozens of guitars, basses, pianos, like whole filing cabinets filled with pedals. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was, it's, I know it's owned by the members of white denim, uh, which is a, band from down here that i'm personally i don't really listen to but people have lived down here for a long time know about them um when you walk into into a booth and you see like leon bridges gold record hanging on the wall that's when i realized i felt really out of place i was like yeah. there's why the fuck are we here <laughs> um but it was like regardless it was a super awesome experience um and having somebody like marshall to kind of guide us through doing it that way um was super fun so you you were just like your experiences up to that point are just sort of like somebody in the band knows how to do this on their own computer kind of thing or 
Um, most of the time in Milwaukee, we'd either just do like a single mic demo and then do a shitty tape dub or um, Dante Fumo, um, who he recorded, mixed and mastered a lot of uh, like the living and wrestling stuff. He did the second Moded EP as well. And I think he recorded the Stashers EP we did too. Um, but we'd always do that, like just add a practice base and he would kind of bring his mixer, um, bring some mics and stuff. And we just kind of turn the practice space into a studio sure, for a couple sure. hours, you know, um, which, you know, Dante is incredible to work with too. And if you're up in Milwaukee and need, actually he may have moved. I haven't talked to Dante in a super long time. <laughs> um, so maybe don't listen to me about that. Um, but it's just, it is a completely different, oh, yeah. um, like, like setting, you know, yeah. um, not yeah, to say I mean, that one's better I mean, or worse I, than the other. Um, well, but I, it was, it was a cool experience regardless, you know? Yeah. I like to get the, you know, I, I like to get the full range of like, you know, it's like, I've, I've, I have taken a microphone from Radio Shack and plugged it into a beatbox and recorded, <laughs> you know, I've uh, done it on, uh, yeah, on I've, rec the, I've rented a <clears throat> zoom H two recorder from my college library for a night and hung it from the rafters of the practice space. And that was a, <laughs> that was a demo, you know, like it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, there's a, it's a spectrum. Yeah. And I've also no like bad place to be on that spectrum necessarily. You know? I've also, I've also recorded one album with the, uh, guy who recorded the, the breeders album last splash. Mm -hmm. He's like a childhood friend of my dad's. And uh -huh. I like just ended up recording an album at his studio once. Like I've, I've had a, you know, but it's fun. It's like, I think, I don't know. I'm I'm so comfortable now. Like I I have my setup that I'm used to and that works and stuff. And I'm always, in a way, I'm always sort of scared to just try something new and weird or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. But even when I vary from that just a little bit and do something that I think is fun, then, um, like it, the results are fun <laughs> um yeah. but also but also it's like they're a little bit unpredictable and it's like that's what i don't know that's like like i recorded this uh i recorded this cranberry cranberries cover and i recorded it with just like this real mm -hmm. simple four <clears throat> four um drum mic setup <clears throat> i just didn't want to get everything out and also a couple of my inputs are uh there's they're sounding real scratchy i don't know what i need to do there um mm -hmm. so it's like uh recording like the full like eight mics on the kit is kind of not happening right now <laughs> yeah so um so i was like oh i don't i don't have um like i have a china because there's a china mm -hmm. in that song like <laughs> and yeah. um i'm like i have a china but it's cracked so it like doesn't really sound like much of a china it just sounds like whatever so i'm like well i'll record the drums and then i'll see what happens to so where i can make that china sound happen mm -hmm. in this so i recorded the drums and i just left that spot blank you know it's like the dun 
dun, sh, sh. I just left it blank. I just hit the dun, dun, mm-hmm. dun. <clears throat> I go back in. I just put like one mic, and I just put like a bunch of broken cymbals on top of each other. <laughs> and I just like started beating the shit up. And I just did it. I just like, psh, psh, psh. and I was like, that's actually really cool. And like, yeah. It, and like, I wouldn't have just like dubbed in these like three symbol crashes, like in any other instance, except for like, whatever. But I found this like, I, it, almost, but here it worked. Yeah, and it, 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 you find this almost sort of like, well, this is a cool thing that I could try in some other instances, like, mm-hmm. you know, because there's all kinds of <clears throat> albums and stuff that you like where there's stuff going on where, like, there's uh, an instrument that only pops in and out, like, here and there. Yeah, like once or twice. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like... Why, like, um, you're not, like, it'd be really fun to just, like, experiment with, like, how you, like, don't just, like, do it by the book every time. Yeah, like, this is the, this is how we play the songs, and these are the instruments that we play, and that's how it's going to sound. Yeah. You know, that, and I will say this experience that we had with Marshall, like, really opened my eyes to, like, the amount of shit that you can do. Um, yeah, you know, he was like, they have this huge old German, like plate reverb set up underneath the booth, um, that we ran like some vocals through, Oh no shit. um, lots of like auxiliary percussion stuff that we used. Uh, he had a lot of like input for me on like my playing style. So um, that was like the analog shit. That was like the legit yeah, like, system. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't like a plugin later on. No. Wow. Um, That's yeah, awesome. there was a lot of crazy shit there that, you know, now that I had that experience, like, there's just little snippets, little pearls, you know, that you can pick up and use um, along the way and things that he taught me about, like I said, about my playing style or, you know, different, because I don't know anything about gear either. Like, yeah, me, I, I don't. That's not I'm, my. I've got a few people that I just depend on their expertise and I just let them help me and then i just play and it sounds okay most of the time um but having friends like that that have that type of input like it it changed i don't know it changed the whole way that i think about recording and even about playing <clears throat> my own instrument you know yeah yeah i you know i'm i'm i i watched the uh the queen movie that like i watched it on a flight you know so it's like i'm not Mm -hmm. i don't want i don't want to speak about like i don't know i think that the maybe there was some controversy with the star of that show and definitely brian singer sucks you know and brian singer's the one who did that um but i watched it on a flight and Mm -hmm. um and it was like one of those things where it's like you you're seeing stuff like where they they put like all these they put like this layer of coins on a drum to make these mm-hmm. like you know these different and i'm i'm just like i don't even care about playing music anymore i want to do weird shit like that like all the time like i yeah. just think that that kind of like fully bringing like fully artist techniques into like uh recording tech like into music 
is so fucking fascinating and, and fun, like, mm. for sure. Did you have any, was there anything like that involved? Um, not anything super, I mean, using that, like, ancient play reverb was probably, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, the coolest thing, like, um, so using some auxiliary percussion, like there's tambourine in parts of a couple songs. Mm-hmm. I think having that lap steel that Marshall played in the one song, I think is super cool. I was like, what? I would never, when we were writing the songs, it never came to my mind. Like, what about a steel guitar? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. um, we also, had, we had a ton of fun for just like the last hour or so of the last day. We just f- kind of fucked around and, recorded a bunch of feedback that we could layer over for like in between songs or in like in pauses, Mm -hmm. you know, where we needed like more texture, um, in the song. And that was super fun too. Just like using all the gear that they had there and just seeing what kind of the wildest noises we could make. Um, and Marshall just saved them all, um, and kind of plugged everything in, in post to where it would sound really good. Um, You know, some that realistically we can't make those noises when we're when you're actually trying to play the part for yeah. a record. At least I can't. You know, I love that stuff too. I just I think that no one else in my house does. Like yeah. <laughs> when I'm like I'm gonna go ma- I'm gonna go do feedback for like two hours. <laughs> I think everybody else is like this isn't music. Yeah, I think yeah. it's just like that's cool. <laughs> that's yeah. Can't you just do can this do like, like a little bit at a time? Like, yeah. can you just do it where it's supposed to go? Like, why do you have to do it all at once? You know? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just easier that way. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's a lot of fun, and I'm I'm glad you had that experience. And and uh, I, you know, I, like, I I'm assuming you know you you'd be trying to to go back and and record with that same person or or at that same place again. Um, but um. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. But, um, like I said, unfortunately, Marshall did move down to either Austin or San Antonio, but that's still really not too far from Dallas. So. Oh yeah, you're in Dallas. I don't know why I was thinking. Yeah. I don't know why I was thinking Houston. I guess it's like, I just know, it's like I know people all over in Texas, and and then some people just, I knew in Texas don't live in Texas anymore. And uh, <laughs> but, one uh, of the big three. Yeah. Dallas, yeah. That, that makes more sense then. Cause you are closer to like Denton Fort Fort Worth and stuff. Than yeah. Like Houston. But, um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, uh, w- like one thing that I was curious about, cause you know, we've talked about like your school and, and, um, been, uh, like, since since you know the the pandemic and stuff um been busy in in your your uh career as a nurse and like Mm -hmm. how how much do you think that like were you at a point before this band really started going where like everything that's happened and like the the surely like the the pressures of like your job and the way that they've like escalated. Were you at a point where you're just like, I really need to play music. Like what has playing music like given back to you now that you've been able to get back into that? Yeah, no, there was, I think after we, we were in a really bad spot staffing wise, you know, come like late 2021 
Um, everybody was quitting. Nobody's applying. Nobody wants to work in healthcare, especially at that time, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and I think that's really when I started thinking again, like I need an outlet cause I didn't have a healthy outlet. Um, so I think that's a big reason why I was willing to just take the shot when Cody asked me that. Cause I think if you would ask me that same question, like in 2014 when I was playing in bands and wasn't, you know, pulling my hair out at a hospital, if somebody was like, do you want to play with these Craigslist folks? I would have been like, no, that's okay. Thank you though. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. um, it's, uh, I've always said it's probably the healthiest outlet that I, that I have currently. Um, it also helps that everybody in the band is very kind people, um, very open, very welcoming, um, just good folks to be around. Um, it's such a disconnect from what my day is like at the hospital and then going to band practice after, like, it's such a, it's such a relief. Um, and I've had coworkers be like, that's crazy. You like, you're in a band. And I'm like, you can, you can be too. Like, they're like, you, you have time for that. I'm like, you can make time for shit outside of this place. Um, actually, I, I think you have it's, to, or it's you're go, yeah, yeah you like, <laughs> and I'll tell them that I'm like, you, you should, if it's not music, there's, there's something else for you to stop thinking about this place. Um, you should go into a basement and scream into a microphone. <laughs> yeah, it's actually believe you. I, you it may should not be your do thing, that. It's very cathartic. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I saw something. I saw something. I swear. I I I'm. I might be getting this wrong. Like, eh, but it's like I saw something that was like advertising. Basically. Like the premise was, this is a place that you can go. You could like basically like block off time, and you can mm-hmm. go and just scream in this room for like half hour or whatever. Like it was like, it, it I was, believe it. Yeah, it was I'm like because sure they, they have like those anger rooms, right? Yeah, Where it was something like that. It, like yeah, except it was just like it was like this. This was like a. Uh, a concrete room, you know, where it's like mm-hmm. you can go in there. No one can, you know, can can like yeah, it's really all hear insulated. You. you can just go in there and just whatever. And um, it's like you see that on TV or whatever, where it's like there's these clubs where people just scream at each other. Or, you know, you see it in mm-hmm. like comedies or whatever. And but then it's like it's like real life. And you're like, I've been doing that. <laughs> like <laughs> once or twice a month, you know, for uh, yeah, for 20 years. And um I don't know. That's the reason why I'm still here. Look how I I turned out. Yeah. I mean, don't look at how I turned out, but um, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, I'm still here though, right? Yeah. Um, So, uh, yeah, it's it's like I've always thought, like, yeah, um, there's definitely like something to be said for um, being being able to take all of that and put it somewhere where it's you know more constructive more or less constructive mm-hmm. you know and and um yeah i'm 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 stoked to uh i'm stoked to see you back back at it and and playing music again and and um yeah and like I, the EP I will is say great. thanks yeah i think it's the one thing i will say it's not just the playing 
I mean, I guess it might be if you're playing just by yourself or practicing or recording your own stuff. Um, you can try to treat music as an outlet, but if you don't have the right people that you're playing with, oh yeah, it can quickly become another stressor. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it could, it could be it can turn into a competition. It can turn into a job. Yeah. It can turn mm-hmm. into. And yeah. that's why, like, I'm super thankful for the rest of the members of Llewellyn because, like, we're all, you know, I don't want to say old, but we're older now than I was when I started playing. And we all understand a little bit more, like, the shit that we have going on in our lives. And we all know and have agreed to, like, kind of treat this as, like, it should be an outlet. This shouldn't be a stressful thing. This should be a happy thing, something that we look forward to doing that doesn't like weigh on us in any way, shape or form, you know? And that was my conversation with Tyler Mance. Thank you so much, Tyler, for taking the time to chat with me. It's always a pleasure. Thanks to everyone listening along wherever you are as well. Don't forget to go by patreon.com slash human machine and see what's going on over there. Until next time, take care and do good things.